This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing Horrors Podcast. With me is Laura. Hello there. And Greg. Woo! What's up, guys? Oh my goodness. Greg here. <laughs> I didn't know Ric Flair was on the podcast. <laughs> oh, and Ruby Johnny. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, like the, like the kid uh, in this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm your confused host, Rob. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to bring up the energy because of all the technical difficulties. Oh, so that's good. I'm, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we should all be excited. It, it's it's Halloween season. It's October. It's Halloween. It's yes. our first episode of Conjecture Ween. Uh, we're gonna have some cool stuff going on this month. I'm excited. A lot of cool shows. Uh, we're gonna end uh, with Big Bang. Uh, doing some D and D. I don't even know what we're titling the episode yet. We're gonna be playing with some double Ds. I like it. <laughs> um, doing some fun yeah, stuff baby. like that. <laughs> um but uh let's see but uh how's the gold room tonight how's the gold room is it all decorated spooky for halloween it is it's decorated there's mm-hmm. lights everywhere it's oh my mm, god it's fantastic S- so much serotonin coming my way right now yeah yeah it's great <laughs> it's a mad world in here it's a mad world. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. i know i think i saw lloyd's wearing a bunny head he has a bunny head on as he's surfing yes. tonight you know it's kind of cool i guess you know Bunnies and bears. Oh, my. Bunnies and bears. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We can like just it. end this episode now. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin All it. All right. Five minute, five minute episode, guys. I like it. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So yeah, like everybody's talking about. Greg's talking about referencing. We're doing 2001's Donnie Darko tonight. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about how this is a Halloween movie. Maybe I'm not really exactly sure. It was Greg's pick, uh, so we can help explain it. But let's see what we're wearing tonight. Uh, Greg, you want to go first? Yeah, of course. Um, my costume is a mashup uh, mm-hmm. of Donnie Darko in this movie and his imaginary bunny. Scary, haunted, demonic bunny friend, uh, Frank. So I've, I've, um, I've got the shirt, the Halloween shirt with the skeleton, uh, chest cavity here and, uh, the bunny mask and the hoodie. So I'm, uh, I don't know, Frank Darko, you could call me. Frank, Frank Darko. Darko. Yeah. FD. Farco. Farco? Oh, even Farco. better. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I'm just, uh, I guess I'm just Donnie then. I guess I'm just Donnie. Me and Greg have like the same uh, skeleton shirt. I just have a gray hoodie. Uh, it took me a while to get my eyes right for my picture though. That was kind of a tr- trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not as good as Greg. Greg. Greg, We've said this for the past like maybe, maybe a year. Greg, when he does a lot of his pictures, he's able to like embody the photo yeah. he's referencing. Mm-hmm. And he's so good at it. Me, I, I mean, I don't know what happened with my photo multiple times. <laughs> it looked like my... It looked like my eyes were rolling around in my head and stuff. They or full on rolled back into your head. Yeah, we're, like we're trying to get you to do what's called, and I, I was saying this is called the Ku- the Kubrick stare, mm. which is you kind of just lean down and look forward at the camera. But you you were twitching and. <laughs> My, jumbling and jiggling yeah, all over my, the place mine was like i had like a lobotomy during yeah. during the episode or something i don't know what happened yeah but uh yes but that's me that's me tonight i'm uh, i'm just donnie uh and what do you got going on laura you know we shouldn't have had gray go first because i'm just frank i'm just frank the bunny now that's, that's it true. you know 
But I, I'd like to question your description. Is he imaginary or is Frank real? Because I think Frank's real. Oh, I'm, I think we'll get into that. I have oh, shit. no idea. Or maybe I do have an idea. We'll see. We definitely need to talk about it. I literally just put in my notes. Somebody needs to help explain what happened in this movie to me. Yeah. I, I, I was super confused. One, I mean, just, in one aspect, he's real. But yeah. Wait, mm-hmm. wait. Have you never seen this, this before? This is my first time I think ever watching oh. this movie. Yeah. This, oh. Holy shit. Wow. How many times did you watch it? Twice. Oh I watched it twice. God. Oh, yeah. Wow. How did I not know this? I thought, I'm pretty sure I've told you this multiple times, but uh, I guess not. Holy fuck. This is incredible. (laughs) Laura looks more surprised than when Frank got shot in the eyeball at the end of this movie. Um, (laughs) I've seen this movie a million times, so nothing can surprise me, but that just did. That's, oh, well, there you go. All right. We're, we're, um, it's, it's Halloween, you know, surprise. Yeah. You know, spooky. Mix and treats. I love it. (laughs) That's not what you say on Halloween. You don't say surprise. You don't. Oh, darn it. (laughs) You say boo. You've been in quarantine too long for Halloween. I'm not saying Rob's jumping out of bush. He's like, surprise. <laughs> Kids ring the doorbell. He's like, surprise. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we rang your doorbell. It's yeah. not a surprise. <laughs> my eyes are rolling on the back of my head, scaring all the kids. <laughs> that would be a surprise, actually. Um, <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, all right, all right, all right. okay. Uh, so if anybody wants to take a look at these at these picks uh, for this week's episode, check out Twitter and Instagram at Conjecturing Pod. Uh, let's see what we're drinking tonight now. Let me uh, let me get the drop going here. What's in the cups? All right, so what are we drinking tonight, Laura? We are drinking a drink that I found online called Down the Rabbit Hole. Mm. And it specifically actually quoted drinking this while you're watching either Donnie Darko or Alice in Wonderland. So, hey. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, if you want to make this at home, it's a little bit of bitters, gin, lemon juice, orange juice, and then maple syrup. And this is where I think I went wrong tonight because I ran out of real maple and I had to use a little bit of my like uh, log cabin. Like yeah, like syrup? pancake syrup. And I was thinking, this tastes really bad. Like really bad, wow. and we have sugar-free kind. It was bad. Oh, guys. it's well, a sugar-free then problem. Don't blame yeah. it on the ca- cabin maple, the maple syrup. It's log fair. cabin. It's yeah, the, it's a sugar-free. Yeah. It's garbage. Yeah. Plus, what if yeah. we want to get an endorsement by Log Cabin? We need to yeah go back in. I mean, have we been endorsed by anyone we've talked about at this point? <laughs> Log Cabin, don't forget us. Yeah. We get Log Cabin, Taco Bell, uh, whoever else we talked about back in the day. Del Taco. Del Taco. One of them yeah. should have picked this up by now. Come on, guys. Get on it. Um, nice. Uh, nice. It's a good drink. It tastes good. I had full fat, full sugar syrup, so mine tastes really, really sweet tonight. I actually nice. like it a lot. Uh, let's see real fast. Uh, show news updates real fast. We just want to announce something that that we're doing. Uh, not us, but actually our network. Uh, we're returning with the Slash and Cast Halloween virtual convention uh, this month, this Halloween. Um, so this is pretty much what happened we did last year. It's a Halloween virtual convention uh, presented by the Slash and Cast uh, network. Uh, it's 100% online. It's free. And just like last year, it's going to include celebrity interviews, panels, exclusive clips, uh, exclusive clips from upcoming films, uh, a fan films a ton of content made possible by the slash and cast podcast network uh yeah so there's gonna be a ton of podcasts those from the network on on this virtual convention we ourselves are gonna have a little segment uh, we're not sure when it's gonna be on during the time
time, uh, but it's going to be bonkers. If you liked our R.L. Stein uh, episode last week talking about banging him, then that might be a little <laughs> preview of what's going to happen for our segments. Um, but the, the virtual convention is October 29th through the 31st. They actually added an extra day, and it's going to be live, like I said, in the Slash and Cast YouTube channel. Um, so you can get all the information at slashandcast.network uh, on the website there. It's going to be super fun. Last year was super fun for us. Uh, so I, ch- fun. I checked it out and I was chatting online when stuff was going on on the sidebar. So it was super fun. Um, do you guys want to talk about anything about that? Are you excited for it? Oh, I, I just, I had the best time last year. I didn't know what to expect. It was our first one. I think it was their first one. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. And it was just so cool to see all of the segments and then sprinkled in was just, you know, really cool things that the actual slashing cast guys did, the interviews. And it just, it elevated the Halloween experience, and I'm so excited that we get that again this year. Yeah, it does. The virtual convention idea is fantastic. There's no way that you have the opportunity to get together with these people or with the community or just in general. I mean, if you're a fan of like horror or the Halloween uh, holiday or just the month, but you're typically around people who could care less about it. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> a fun way to connect with like that vibe, the scary vibe of, of Halloween. And it's just like a great event. And it's just, you've got these back to back segments where people are just having fun kicking back and showing you some cool horror stuff. So it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like I said, we recommend checking it out. Slash and cast, uh, dot network is, uh, the website. You can check it out on the, their YouTube channel. But we'll keep giving updates every week. If anything new pops in or anything like that, maybe, maybe right before, uh, the episode will actually reveal what our segment's going to be. Uh, we can maybe talk about it a little bit because it's going to be pretty ridiculous. Um, so, so f- moving on, we just remind everybody listening that they like our show, please rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And then a quick ad read. This episode is sponsored by Amazon Music Unlimited. With Amazon Music Unlimited, listeners get unlimited access to over 70 million songs on demand music, which is always ad free and are able to listen offline with unlimited skips. So by signing up with, the, with our promo link, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days and cancel at any time. So go to getamazonmusic.com slash pod to get started. Uh, so any follow up from previous shows? Uh, last week we did Goosebumps. Do you guys have anything from that you want to talk about? I have a story, but do you guys have anything real quickly? Yeah, I, I actually did a, a quick independent search. I was very curious to know what generally people think are the best Goosebumps books. Because if you haven't read them in a while, if you've never read them, there's just so many and you don't know where to start. Uh, can you guys guess? So I, lo- I looked at a bunch of websites and I kind of tabulated it and I came up with what it seems were the top three best books and the, the top three scariest can you guys guess what you think the the vote for best goosebumps book is best uh monster blood monster that's a good guess i think say cheese and die is probably up there it's up there both of them those are the top 10 uh one day at horrorland gets the vote and and that's like a compilation of like eight or nine different sites i looked at um popular sites and then scariest what do you think the scariest book was voted oh man Hmm. um oh the swamp one Ooh, that's in the top five yeah, Dang, but it's not the I don't one. Know. I don't know if I have a guess what's the scariest, man. So the top two, number two scariest voted was Haunted Mask. Ooh, and yeah. number one, Welcome to Dead House, actually. That's the first book. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Really? That's crazy. No, no. Hmm. People say maybe it's because, you know, they have nostalgia for the very first one they read. You never know. But um, that was like the, the most common choice. Interesting, right? Wow, that's, that's followed by followed by scare the scarecrow walks at midnight, the werewolf of fever swamp, like he said, Lord, mm, and then number yeah. five, curse of Camp Cold Lake. Dang, crazy! That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, those those books definitely have lasted long for. <laughs> 
lasted long you know rl getting out there the long longness god, um you know forgot we did that, all that oh my god i was gonna ask laura like is there any aftermath from rl did he uh did did, did you make him breakfast in the morning did he would happen the next day laura well apparently he fucked me silent because <laughs> oh my god <laughs> because a little behind the scenes, uh, my audio decided to take a shit that night. So, uh, mm. I, you know, th- that was my pick your poison and I barely say anything through the episode. So, uh, and he turned you, you know, into a robot and he got you so hard. <laughs> yeah. I just, he, you know, I'm speechless after all that. So, you know, I just, it's just worth saying that I'm just a huge fan. I grew up on Goosebumps. I love it. It was really fun to be able to talk about it for a few hours with you guys. And anyone ever wants to talk Goosebumps or Fear Street even, I am so down. You're so down. You're definitely down to climb. We know that. Oh, I'm um, down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did want to say something real fast. I have a quick little story about the goosebumps and, and this has to go back to Laura literally scaring me more than I think any movie we've watched over the past two years. What? So, so the, the story goes, Laura's already laughing hysterically right now. The story goes, I, I was putting my son to bed. Uh, this was like a couple nights ago and I get this like alert from, from my email and it's telling me through Zoom that I have a new video ready to download. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, we recorded like three days ago. Like, why would there be a new video? So I'm like, that's fucking weird. So I go and like go into Zoom and the settings and everything. And I and I see it. And it says the recording, whatever it was, was done like 10 minutes ago, which I wasn't me. And it says it's like a minute and 30 seconds. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> and so then it's like download the video. I was like, okay, so I, I, I download the video, but I'm telling you right now, I've never been so scared to press download on anything. <laughs> and, and you guys know my, my history with porn websites breaking down my computers, you know? So I was like so scared. So I press download. It downloads the video and then it's like, okay, now you have to press play. So I'm like so scared again to be like, I- I'm nervous that I'm going to press play and it's going to be me. I'm going to see myself, which I know I did not record this. So I'm like so freaked out. I, I mean, I'm getting callbacks to, um, host unfriended, unfriended, unfriended yeah, is the unfriended. one I think I had in my mind was like, Oh my God, I'm going to see myself like putting my, my face into a blender or something like that or something crazy, you know? So I press play on it, super scared, I'm shitting my pants already, and then it pops up, like, the Goosebumps, like, theme song from YouTube, and then I realize, <laughs> oh, it's Laura, Laura's, I think, recording something, and then I message her, like, Laura, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I just, I, like, I, yeah, I used our communal, I thought, Zoom, to, uh... To get that uh, Goosebumps intro song downloaded because I could find it on YouTube, but I couldn't download it. I couldn't like purchase it and download it the way I do with all of our other music that we have. And so I was like, oh, I'll just like, you know, share screen, share sound, record it, done. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like such an added (laughs) bonus that happened. I was messaging Laura like in the in our Discord of like this is what's happening. Oh my god! And then eventually I, I do hit it, uh, play, and I'm like, oh, it's Laura. And then all Laura messages back is like, I'm laughing so hard right now, and I'm yeah. like, of course you are, you know. Like, but I'm just I'm just telling you guys, like, I honestly don't think I've ever been as frightened and scared in those like five. And you didn't of even time. see anything. It was all the anticipation of like. I mean, we talk about this on this show a lot of like the unseen is always scarier than the scene. I mean, if yeah. I saw myself 
myself on there doing something, then it actually would be worse. <laughs> but I was just so scared to press play on that video of like, what is this? Especially we've had multiple yeah. things over the past couple of years with Laura yeah. and ghosts and things like that. So I'm like, it would not be implausible for something to now come through my screen and do something to me, you know, but uh just want to share that with everybody. I shit my pants uh, right next to my son. So it was okay. Um, <laughs> How, how relieved were you when you when it came on and it was like dun 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 oh so dun, relieved yeah. oh my god so relieved <laughs> so relieved oh my god you wouldn't wouldn't believe it but uh, it was just crazy like I said, I've never been scared that much uh, in my life oh my god it was oh. so scary um, it, just, it it gives me the idea that one day though in the future I'm gonna go on and do the same thing and when you hit play it's gonna be some something really fucking horrifying. <laughs> That's true. You know you can get me now. Yeah. It's like one of those horror shorts we found. I'm mm-hmm. just going to play that. And yeah. you're going to be like, ah. Oh, wow. That'd be, that'd be so scary, Laura. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I might quit the show. I might quit and be like, I'm done with you, Laura. Um, <laughs> but onto this week. Onto this week. I don't know if this movie's that scary, but we'll talk about it a bit here. We're doing Donnie Darko. This is Greg's pick. So, Greg, why did you pick this and why Halloween? This, I think I mentioned it last week. Donnie Darko, when I think of Halloween, I think of the actual movie Halloween, the 1978 version, and I think of Donnie Darko. It just puts me in that mood. The uh, the movie centers around, it's like, you know, one of those um, like 90s high school, well, rather, I guess 80s technically, 80s, 80s, yeah. 80s high school um, films. And I remember watching it for the first time around the time when I was in high school. And, you know, up, up to that point, I was very much into just like typical, like, you know, action movies, like your typical dramas that you see in the movie theater. I, I don't think I was ready to have like my mind blown or just confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has a pretty good like stranglehold on my memory in a positive way. And of course, there, there's a very like specific tone and vibe of this movie that has always stuck with me. And I always think of Halloween when, uh, you know, of course, there's a Halloween party. That's really what it comes down to in mm-hmm. terms of Halloween theme. Um, and I always think about this movie and I love it. And it has like a nice, you know, warm, cuddly place in my heart, like Tremors and some other movies. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, com- don't compare this to Tremors. Come on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're not no. on the same plane in terms of film quality, but in terms of that special place in my, my spiritual soul, there it is. That's crazy. They're just chilling next to each other. Yeah, Greg, it's all warm crazy. and tingly inside with those couple of movies, I think. Inside and outside. Oh, all right. Inside well, and outside. Yeah. Okay, all right. Physically, nice. I like it. <laughs> um... <laughs> So before we get into more of the actual movie, uh, we have a horrorish segment of the week. Laura has taken the reins this whole month, she said, for, for Conjecture Ween. She usually does, actually, now I think about it. Um, and, and she's planning all these horrorish segments, Laura. So I don't, what, uh, what drop am I doing, Laura? Uh, I'm about to blow your mind because you're doing a question and game drop. A question and a game well, drop? Oh my goodness. Let me explain. I'm going to start with the question and then I wouldn't call it a game because again, I'm not big on winners. I don't think there is going to be a winner, but it's going to be more of a challenge. Okay. So Let's, I don't know. Good luck with that. I'm I don't thoroughly know what drop confused. Your- like, yeah, let, me, let, me, yeah. let me see if I can play both the drops at the same time. We'll see what it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Please. <laughs> So, you know, it's Halloween and we're going to be doing a lot of silly Halloween things, I think, these next few episodes. But when I think of this movie, I think of Frank the Bunny and it makes me think of Halloween costumes. So Mm. the question that I want to rather talk to you guys about is what are your favorite costumes that you have dressed up as in your life? (laughs) Or maybe some... Wow. embarrassing ones maybe your favorite i know i know greg has a really good story about one trying to come over to a party i was throwing oh my god <laughs> yeah 
I hope you tell that story. <laughs> That's number two on my list, actually. <laughs> so let's let's hear it. Why don't we let Rob start so Greg can uh yeah I don't want to the I don't want to have to follow Greg's story. I don't think. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, like uh, I mean, like most any question you ask me from anything back in my past, I really don't remember a whole lot. You have no memory. Um, I the only one I, I I really remember is one year I was like a wolf man. This was probably this was in Ooh. middle school. Um, I mean, I, I guess I was maybe like 12. Is that middle school? 12, 13? Is that middle school? Yeah. 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 So it was like a wolf man. And then I had like a flannel, um, on and, and, and I had like a, it wasn't even like a cool mask. Now I think about it, it was like a shitty costume, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, I didn't have like a wolf man mask. I had like, like a wig it came with. And then it had like sideburns, like Wolverine. And then it had like a, like a, like a puppy nose. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think about it. It's actually horrible. <laughs> but I but I remember the outfit looked like the brawny man, but I was just hairy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even wearing a costume, it was like just you as a kid. It's just my kid. I mean I did I do like flannels. I wear a lot of flannels, so I, I guess so, but uh that's the only one like vividly stands out in my mind of like a costume I wore. What what about as an adult though? I mean, didn't you go to any Halloween parties as an adult in college or after? No, not really. I didn't go to college. I just went straight. I was a working man. I went straight from like uh, high school, starting to lay pipe, you know, as a pipe layer and everything like that. <laughs> and none, none of your jobs ever, you know, like. No, it was construction. It was construction. Oh, they didn't care. We're already dressed like the YMCA guy. Like, there's no, no more you could really do. Um, <laughs> Everybody was the YMCA guy. Yeah. We're, well, but we're I feel like I, I just want to, well, I always want to throw Halloween parties, but I just want to throw one every year so that you can like get that and dress up every year and pick something please take a picture of me so i can remember because i won't remember if you just don't do anything that's my problem you know uh oh man yeah, sorry sorry maybe uh, maybe maybe uh maybe the, i'll definitely you know a little spoiler right now our, our halloween convention segment i'm definitely wearing a costume it's gonna oh, be shit. disgusting and and you're gonna want to lay me though, so that's a uh, little little little. Low. Well, if it's if it's gonna be disgusting, I don't think I'm gonna want to lay you. So just uh, wait till you see it. It's gonna be pretty scrumptious. Pretty scrumptious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get ready for that. All right, Greg. What about you? Give a yeah. good story, a good memory. Well, I, I have to give. So I had you know my childhood one. The one that mm-hmm. always sticks out to me is. Did you guys ever watch that TV show Hardball? Oh yeah. It, it was about this about a baseball team, and their mascot was literally a guy who walked with a giant baseball head. Dang. I don't know why I was so fixated with that show. I made my mom sew together a giant baseball for a head. Oh. And it it actually started out pretty well. She sewed together this, like, she, we bought, like, 18 bags of cotton or some crap. We, f- like, stuffed a sheet. We stitched the the stitching, put eyes on in a hat. And then it, it started off as a sphere on my head. But I remember, like, after the first street, it became this lopsided, horrific mess. <laughs> and I was getting so sweaty with, with the cotton on my skin. It was, like, dripping down my neck. And by the end of the night, I, I'm going to have to show you guys, like, the, the post picture. I looked like a demonic baseball. You've never seen something <laughs> more horrifying. It was, like, props to my mom for really putting in, like, the hard effort to, to get that costume. But... It looked demented by the end of the night and just so wow. uncomfortable. Oh That's so God. funny. Real fast before you go to your next one, Greg, uh, it just reminds me, though, that my mom is a listener. My mom has to remember my outfits, my costumes yes. when I was little. She might have made she might have made me some. So, mom, if you're listening, shoot us an email, send me a voicemail. I guess well, I guess just text me. You know, um, <laughs> I'll just call you. You're related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't contact me personally. Send it through the work uh, contacts. Um, 
<laughs> and let me know if you remember anything, Mom. You know, let me know there, and then we can oh, next week maybe we'll talk about him or something like that. Uh, sorry, there you go, Greg. You can continue. Oh, so that was yeah, that was just my my childhood one that I'll never forget that one. But I would say my adult costume that I'll of course never yes. forget. Laura and her roommates, including my wife, you know, my, uh, at the time, <clears throat> well, not at the time. I don't know how to say that. My wife now. <laughs> she was girlfriend your at girlfriend time. at the yeah. time. Yeah. You guys were throwing a, a Halloween house party with a bunch of people. Rager. A rager in your condo. <laughs> BYOD. And, <laughs> and you guys Dude. did this. Actually, you did this every year, right? Yeah, we did it every year. This was like an annual thing. And of course, I was commuting from like a long distance. So I had to drive up there. And, of course, I've always had this fascination with the crow. <laughs> Obviously, right. I love the crow. The movie, so the crow. Like, not just the physical crow. Well, actually, you do like physical crows, too. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. Maybe, you know, one turned into a fascination that's for true. the other, yeah. of course. <laughs> so, like, I'm, like, so jazzed to get into, like, my best crow outfit. I, I find, like, the darkest, blackest shoes I could find. Dark black jean pants, a, a black t-shirt, black... uh long sleeve shirt, black gloves. I get a black, you know, I actually didn't have face paint. So I just did like a black mask. And actually I kind of transcended crow because I, I fashioned a crow mask and it looked like a long beak <laughs> oh, God. and like a mask over my eyes. I became like a, like an actual like bird crow. Wow. I kind of well, you became nice. it because it apparently was glued to your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is, I'm like so stoked for this outfit. Like everyone's going to be like, oh, what a cool crow outfit. No one ever has ever said that in their life, but I'm thinking that. I get outside of my door and you're right. It was stuck to my face because I get into my car and I'm wearing the mask. I start driving with the mask. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm driving and I'm listening to my music when we had CDs, first song. Da, 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 da. I turn the corner. I run right in the back of a car. <laughs> I just rear end a parked car. I'm like 500 <laughs> feet from my house. Oh, man. I'm like, oh my God, I get out. And like, literally, this is like, I, li- I lived in a bedroom community. Everyone just gets out of their house. And I'm not really paying attention w- what's going on. Everyone's like looking at me and I still have the crow outfit on. And I don't <laughs> decide not to just take it off because I don't want them to see me. But I also just want to make them know that it wasn't, I don't know what I was thinking. An actual, it wasn't an actual crow. <laughs> <laughs> So this, like, I just, I look like a complete idiot and then just everybody's looking outside of their house. And of course, the guy who owns the car comes out and is like looking at me like I'm a a weird buffoon. I finally take off the mask because I have to talk to the guy. I was going to say, you know what you should have done, mate? Call back the Mothman. You should have just been like, 99 will die and then run away. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been the crow man. (laughs) Totally would have worked. Oh my God. <laughs> it would have been a new sighting. They would have believed me. They would have believed. Yeah, just like flapped my arms. It would have been like the like the next month. I didn't know you guys back then. I would have been watching like unsolved mysteries. Been like, oh my god, the Crow Man of La Mirada. Oh my god, it's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> we need. To, I need you to draw this now, dude. I need you to draw this crow man. Oh you know? man, it's really sad because you didn't end up coming to the party, though, right? I, I didn't, and, and here's yeah. why: because the guy I, whose car I hit, guess what? He was like a volunteer police officer mm. for the city police force on like the weekend. <laughs> when the when the police officer showed up, he was like, "Hey, Gary." Oh, he's like, "Hey, jo- Joe." And I'm like, oh mm. God, I'm I'm done, so. <laughs> and I ended up not going, but I still, you know, I want to re. You know, revisit that costume one of these days. Just so you yeah. guys can see the crow in full, full feathered effect. 
Definitely, definitely. Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next nice. Halloween season three for us. We'll come with our best, uh, best outfits. Greg's gonna come as his crow man. I'll come as my brawny werewolf and uh, and everything like that. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, oh, Laura? Man. Are you going to share a story too, Laura? Well, I don't have any good stories. I feel like I probably also should not have followed that story because <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I would say, so I, the earliest photos that I have of me dressing up, my parents dressed me up as a fuzzy cookie monster when I was two. Okay. That was super As opposed cute. to the non-fuzzy cookie monster. But it was just like super fuzzy. <laughs> oh, like you know ultra mean? fuzzy. Like you, you put cookie monster in the dryer. <laughs> yes. That's what it looked like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then I got into, you know, I, I probably was every Disney princess, super boring. Um, but then one year I kind of rebelled and I, me and my best friend came as women in black, like men in black. Oh, like men in black. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. That was super cool. So you just had like a tie, you just had like a suit on, like a black suit on and shades. And shades, but like the perfect shades. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got into my, uh, slutty high school, college years. I was, uh, (laughs) Britney Spears one year, hit me baby one more time. I was a Hooters girl. That was not good. Oh, wow. I was an Energizer bunny and I was wearing underwear. Wait, you were also not good. You were a slutty, sexy Energizer? Yeah. I I don't even know how that works. Like, what is... Did you have the drum too and the the flip-flops? I had the drum, but I was in (laughs) like... I was in a tight pink tank top, uh, underwear... <laughs> like God. pink tights, and I had a little cocktail and little bunny ears. I was gonna say, if I would have saw that, I would not think Energizer Bunny. I would just think like I don't know, trashy bunny. Yeah, trashy bunny. Wow. But what I will say is, then I became a functioning adult, right? <laughs> and my work—I've I- been at the same company for almost ten years, and we've had some really great Halloween parties, and I have had the best time dressing up as an adult. And I actually think my costumes have been way better. I went as Wednesday Adams one year. I I had I've it all that. down perfectly. Uh, I came a scar one year and I had full face makeup, looked Whoa. like a lion. I was Phoenix from X-Men one year. But the best costume, which is also my Twitter photo, was I was Chucky. And I, you guys, I fucking nailed that shit. You did. I nailed it. You look more Chucky than Chucky does in that photo. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It, it's crazy how my freaking memory works, you guys. Like, just talking about this stuff, it's I'm getting flashbacks of costumes now. It's so weird. Like, honestly, I do remember my best and my favorite costume. One year, I was Jason. I do remember oh, this. It was no and way. I remember. I mean, it's it's so easy to get just the jumpsuit. It's so easy to get a jumpsuit. You know, I was working construction at the time, so I'm pretty sure I had a hazmat suit. You know, so that was simple enough. Um, but I remember going to the store, going to whether it was Hot Topic or it was just like a Halloween store. And looking at all the masks, all the different masks, and they had so many different Jason masks at that time. And I can't remember which, I don't know which Friday the 13th it was, it would have been that. I would say I was a little bit older, maybe I was like between 17 and 19, maybe. So I don't know what what Friday the 13th movie that is, but it's the one where Jason's actual hockey mask is like almost embedded into his skin if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. so that was the mask i ended up getting my jason mask and i remember yeah getting like the fake machete and i squirted blood all over myself and all over the thing and i would just walk around our my neighborhood slowly and you know try to chase kids (laughs) and say say surprise (laughs) (laughs) not even get candy just 
fuck around. Yeah, I'm not even do that. But I, I do remember like visually like that probably was my favorite costume I ever wore. I just remember loving the and digging the mask so much. It was like a rubber mask. I do remember it sucks wearing rubber masks though because like it's all like humid inside and you can like your your upper lip is sweaty and it's like kind of annoying. But um, but definitely yeah, I, I definitely Jason. That would be my favorite one then. Awesome. Speaking of Halloween costumes, I looked up the top like 60 all time most common Halloween costumes. And what I did was I grabbed any villain from a horrorish movie that was like a recurring theme. I'm about to text you both a choice of two of those. Okay. And I want you to pick one and let me know who that is. And then tonight, as we do our review, I want you and Greg. I know it's going to be really good at this. Rob, you're going to be good at this too. I want you to throw in words, quotes oh, that would wow. hint to who you are. And we're all going to have to, I, I'm not obviously, but we're all going to have to guess at the end. Wow. So I, I have an example of how this could go. Okay. Right. Let's say one of you got Dracula as one. Mm-hmm. You could say something like, well, that sucks blood <laughs> through your review, you know, or something about I've garlic. I want to watch this movie again. Well, let's not be that obvious, right? I mean, okay. this is a challenge. <laughs> it's not easy. Maybe right. I say could, I want I want to suck on Greg's neck or something like that. You could say like, "Well, I'm only ever up at night. Like, I sleep all day." Oh, okay, yeah. so cool. things like that. You want to kind of make it tricky, uh, and then at the end, I'm going to allow you both to guess who not only each other is, but I'm going to pick one as well. Yeah, so I'm going to oh, text you. I'm going to text you the options right now. I'm going to text I, Rob first. I feel like okay. this is this is right up Greg's alley. Greg does this for fun, you guys, on our episodes. I know. There's been multiple episodes where we're done recording, and like a <laughs> couple days later, Greg's like, did you guys notice I tried to say the word box as many times as I could? And we're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> so like, he, I feel like this is right up Greg's alley. Sweet. So we will reconvene after our movie review. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> listening, you can listen for uh, phrases. Clues. Clues, Clues, maybe some sound effects. We'll see what happens through the episode, whatever we end up doing. Um, (laughs) Should be interesting. It's a good idea, Laura. I like this. It's a good idea. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to email us in, uh, they can email us in their favorite Halloween costumes they had, any memories they had from their Halloween. That'd be super fun to get some of that. We could shout them out in the next couple of weeks. You can email us conjecturingpod at gmail. Hit us up Twitter and Instagram at conjecturingpod. So let's, uh, let's get to our movie. So now it's time to, let's go. Let's, uh, let's touch ourselves inappropriately and get to our movie this week. Um. <laughs> Nice. Hey, I was under hypnosis. So yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have control. That's what. I, that's what I say to you all the time. Yeah, I'm under hypnosis. <laughs> you clap are? twice. Clap twice. Make me stop. <laughs> You're in the bathroom by yourself. Don't worry about it. Okay. Right. Um. Let's see. Uh. So, like we said, we're doing a Donnie Darko this week, 2001 film, uh, directed by Richard Kelly. Uh, he also did The Box. Uh, speaking of box, well, I made that reference earlier. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> budget of this movie, 4.5 million dollars. Box office, it only made 7.5 million uh laura do you want to say why it only made that much oh yes so i mean we all know there's a very bleak mood about this movie but it's the timing that made it a failure this came out six weeks after 9 11 and obviously had the storyline of like the engine falling from the airplane so it it failed in the box office people did not want to go see this movie yeah yeah i mean i can totally see it i can totally see that but, but it's crazy just researching this uh being somebody who's never actually watched it like it, i i read so many times that this is like regularly listed as like a top 10 movie of all time it on is. so many lists 
it's always like around like number five or eight or something like that, but it's always in the top 10 of like best movies ever made, which is crazy mm-hmm. to me. Like never seeing it, never watching this before. Um, mm-hmm. so this is crazy. Yeah. It only made 7.5 million, but it's like a top 10 movie of all time, which is freaking crazy. Wow. Uh, Laura, you have interesting facts? I do. Uh, I found, <laughs> I don't know why I'm starting with this one, but apparently there was a rap party and Seth Rogen and Jake Gyllenhaal were at this party and said that they agreed that they had no idea what this movie was about at the rap party. They just had no idea. <laughs> just from filming their scenes, they're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I just, I like boobs. That's yeah. about as far as it goes for me. <laughs> dude that's, right that's so <laughs> funny that's so, i mean i could see seth rogan saying that he's not in every scene but jake yeah. gyllenhaal who's the main character to be like i don't know what's happening that's pretty i think crazy. he's just trying to make seth rogan feel better he's like yeah <laughs> man true. me neither yeah that's I quite true that's funny uh speaking of uh, jake gyllenhaal he used a strategy when he was under the psychotic like uh pull of frank that he would not blink and that kind of made it look creepier I love that. As we know, I don't like blinking. No, Laura does not. <laughs> when, when people blink too much, it really bothers me. It sets off my internal alarms and I can no longer take the movie seriously. So Maybe it's why you like Jake Gyllenhaal so much. Yeah. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah, I think I put he's the anti-Richard Gere. He's the opposite oh. Richard Gere, you know. <laughs> For anybody knowing, like, this has to do with, like, Laura grinding gears, which we haven't done in a long time. Do you want to hear your drop, Laura, if you're grinding gears? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Richard Gere. Blink, 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 blink. <laughs> I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal lubricates your gears rather than glass. Oh, oh he for Whoa. sure does. Yeah. Whoa, dang. All right. They were going there already. Okay. All I've right. always been a fan of Jakey. He was like, <laughs> he would have asked me 10 years ago, my top three. He was like number one. Jake yeah. He was there. Nice. He did Jarhead. Nice. <laughs> oh, then he did Jarhead. Oh, he went, to, my he, went God. Number, he went to number one for a bit. He went to yeah. number one. Skyrocketed. One, two, and three. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that Christmas hat, that Santa hat. Oh, man. <laughs> Wish I could sleep with it on my pillow every night. Anyway. <laughs> That's a different podcast, but yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, So some interesting facts about how the director and creator, Richard Kelly, came up with his inspiration. Uh, The first super funny fact was he came up with the whole wormhole idea while he was super baked one night watching football. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I, I I read about this too, that it was all about John Madden back in the day. John Madden, the football announcer, he, he would use a teleprompter and he, before the play would start, the players were all sitting there and John Madden would, would write on the teleprompter, not the teleprompter, whatever the visual one is called. So mm-hmm. you could see at home where the people are going to go. This guy's yeah. going to cut left. This guy's going to go right. And that gave him the idea of like, oh, like being like, oh, it's predetermined where they're going to go. And that mm-hmm. gave him the idea. So shout out to John Madden. Shout out to John Madden. <laughs> And it's great because in the movie, he first sees that wormhole when he and his dad, yeah, yeah, they're watching football. Yeah. 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 Super cool. It's great. Yeah. And and speaking of more inspiration, Kelly wrote this from so many personal experiences or ideas. Uh, For example, he had read this story that he was obsessed with when he was younger about uh, ice that fell in a room and supposedly like the kid that was supposed to be in the room wasn't there that night, you know, and like uh, escaped, quote unquote, escaped death. So he definitely got that idea. Uh, Kelly himself was a big sleepwalker. He pulled from that. Mm. 
uh, he had issues at his very strict private school where they banned curriculum of books that they were like weren't allowed to read. Uh, he also had an old woman who would walk to and from her mailbox who they called Grandma Death. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, looks like Greg has even more that he added. So The, the drawings in this movie apparently are ac- his actual drawings of the bunny suit. Mm. Damn. Um, when he good. was, I think, in college or something. And then he had an incident. See, I, I feel like some of the best movie content and the most unique and original stuff that we see um, – comes from like personal experiences or, or rather the, the author or the, the, the director co- takes from a personal experience and maybe embellishes a little bit. We talked about that with the, the goosebumps ep- uh, episode, but he had an incident where he had randomly, he's just walking around um, a hotel, you know, on the bottom floor and he sees a lady up in the window looking at him, doesn't know who she is. And she just like starts to wave at him mm. and she's clearly a stranger and she's waving at him as if, like, she kind of knows him but doesn't. And he waves back. And he said in that moment that he had a, a brief flash of a memory as if they had a connection. But then it <laughs> faded away. So, I'm like, what a cool, like, piece of inspiration to throw into this story. It's so crazy. I feel like that's just Rob. Rob's memory. Like, some person who actually <laughs> knows Rob is going to wave know, at him. He's trying to get him to come back to the party. Like, Oh, I must have known you from another life, yeah. another universe. And the person's like, yeah, I'm your like third aunt. You yeah. Know? I, know. <laughs> I was your grocery delivery guy last week. I'm like, oh, yeah. what's up? Okay. All right. Yeah, that's true. That's oh, cool. Shit. That's crazy, though. That's crazy, man. That's, that's super cool. That's super cool. Uh, is that all for your facts, Greg, too? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, Laura, you want to do cast? Yeah. So there's a lot of really awesome people in here. Obviously, we have Jake Gyllenhaal's Donnie Darko. Uh, Holmes Osborne plays Eddie, his father. Maggie Gyllenhaal, his real sister, plays his sister in this movie, Elizabeth. Uh, DeVay Chase. Yeah, she's the little sister, Samantha Darko. Do you guys know what she's from? No. Mm -mm. What's she from? She's Samara from The Ring. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dang, that's super cool. It's so weird. Yeah. She freaks me out because of that. (laughs) Uh, Mary McDonald plays Rose, the mom. We have Patrick Swayze as Jim Cunningham. I was watching this movie, guys, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, is that yeah. Patrick Swayze? It's so like, weird. Is- yeah, I was just like, what is this? Like, what's happening? Yeah. And we've got Jenna Malone as Gretchen and Seth Rogen. I had to mention him, even though he has, like, no lines in this movie, but he's Ricky. <laughs> and one of you wrote uh, his first lines of this movie are, I like your boobs. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, the thing about this, <laughs> I wrote it down. This is his first, like, acting role. You know, I think maybe he was doing Freaks and Geeks at the time, maybe the TV show, because he looked very I similar. I thought that was his first, but, but that's this, not a movie. This is his yeah. first, like, film role. And his first, mm. in, I mean, this is going out to some trivia somewhere at a bar. You know, what was Seth Rogen's first line in a film ever is, yeah, I like your boobs I like you know, boobs. which i think is so funny because like it's so fitting i think for what he becomes as, like a comedic character even <laughs> though in the moment i don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not it's creepy no, um, i don't think so yeah i think that so either, established yeah. the trajectory of his career yeah. basically <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah oh yeah. man oh man and then we also have drew barrymore as uh she's one of the teachers the english teachers karen and also patience cleveland as roberta sparrow or grandma mm-hmm. death have to give her a shout out all right, so let's uh, synopsis in, Laura. I do synopsis for oh, this. Oh, man. Hey, a synopsis <laughs> for this movie is a spoiler in essence. So I'm just going to give the basic breadcrumbs here. And that is, uh, this movie is about, it's a coming of age tale mixed with sci-fi uh, about a very troubled teen who is put in a very interesting 
situation and there's a bunny. And then, you know what? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Good this luck. Is like, this is your, like, at least detailed worst synopsis, synopsis ever. ever. Yeah. I wouldn't say worse. You know, it's just, like, definitely the one with the least detail. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I get it. I get it. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Everybody, if you guys are listening, you go trick-or-treating, you know, if you do that, wear your mask, please. Double mask. Uh, You know, and if you do that and somebody opens the door, just say surprise for us, you know. Yeah. Shout out, shout out for us in the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's just start. Definitely let's just start with the movie where we normally start opening setup vibe of this movie. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I mostly just want to ask you guys lots of questions because I'm super confused. I think through a lot of this movie of like what's happening. Um, but oh, what I'm so guys, excited! But I what had did no you, idea. Because <laughs> oh, uh, where where are we at here? So me, I watched it twice today. That's where I'm at. You guys have watched this like over 50 times then over over the past 20 years. I have watched years. this. I probably watch this either once a year or once every other year. My whole like since about the same, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like 20, 40 times, something like that. Greg, you're about the same. Yeah. Wow. We're That's experts. Freaking. So, you guys, I you know. know you guys are experts. Yeah. <laughs> so, hopefully, you can answer my questions. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you, what did you, what do you guys think of the opening setup? What do you love about it? If you're watching it this much, you must love it. What do you love about it, Laura? About the opening or about the movie? Just like the setup of this movie, the opening, the setup, the vibe. Because I feel like this movie has a very big vibe. And I know Greg talked about mm. that. Just like this this opening sets you up on the vibe. What do you think of the opening setup of it? Well, the vibe itself is fucking sexual. I love it. <laughs> it is? <laughs> it's sexual? No. It's like when something is so good that the the best compliment you can give it is uh, it's sexual. Oh. Uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so good. Because it's, it's like, like the best thing, you know? I do this with food. Sometimes I'll be eating something. And I'll be like, this is orgasmic. And my husband will be like, really? I'm like, no, <laughs> not really. But it's so good. He's like, you, know? you, ne- you never said that to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're comparing me to I've, pizza. <laughs> That's great, side note, babe. I've, I've eaten things before. And he's been like, I've never seen you make that face. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you make that noise. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh. opening, opening is great. I mean, we get a young Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, waking up. He's just been sleepwalking, which I think all three of us have had experiences with either ourselves or someone close to us sleepwalking, sleep talking. So, you know, he wakes up and it's like that in itself is a weird thing, but it sets the tone of the movie where he wakes up on this beautiful hill and it's like sunrise. And you're just like, you're equally confused, but you're also like, I just know I'm going to enjoy this ride. It's so like fun. It's kind of funny. It's serious, but it's soothing and it's beautiful. Oh man. I just, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, you can tell they, they clearly don't feel the need to rush things. They don't need to yes. shock you with something right off the, right off the bat. Basically. Yeah. He's just waking up like an animal out in the <laughs> open on the mountain road. And he's more than sleepwalking, by the way, he's in the middle of the road. And he's got his bike yeah, his and he's like, He's miles away from the suburbs, which is where he lives, and he's in his pajamas. And I, and it just raises questions. And the whole intro is just him kind of biking back to his neighborhood, and you're thinking, uh, what the heck is going on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like definitely watching this for the first time, I was like, yeah, like what's happening? 
Um, but for me, when that music hits, though, you guys know me. Certain music doesn't work. Love, hate, love, hate. This, this, it's interesting because like this movie, it, it, it reminded me of the craft at points <gasps> with the, with, with the music. Like they're using music so much in this to inspire a feeling from you with the, with the music, with the words. I feel like the craft didn't work. To me, this fully worked in this movie. Oh, thank God. I was about to say, <laughs> we're done. We're the, the pod is over. I could tell he was turning the other way. Okay. I'll turn the other way. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Ooh. I was, I, I was throwing, t- took my mask off. I'm like, surprise. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that opening song, The Killing Moon. Yeah. Gotta Love Moons, right? Yep. By Echo and the Bunny Men. What a, what a great, I mean, you can't pick a better track. And it just sets the tone for the whole movie. You have to love that intro. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. It's just like, and that's what I wanted to say with like the opening setup of this movie and the vibe. It's the music to me. That mm, music really yeah. sets you off on like what you're going to experience like emotionally. Like Laura said, you're, you're coming in your pants and everything from the beginning. <laughs> um, Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> in your pajamas. In your, yeah, in your jammies. Whatever. In my, in my bunny pajamas, suit. Yeah. Pants, yeah. Nothing. Whatever. <laughs> On the couch, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, but definitely, yeah, the opening is so cool. The music, I said, I really like it. You know, it's just like everything, it's introducing kind of the characters a bit, um, slowly. The, the mom and the dad have like a funny little thing where he's like, was it the mom and the dad or was it the mom and the, the dad and the sister? Where he's like blowing her with yeah. the, well, not blowing her, but. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he's no, a leaf blower, it's, leaf blower. Tur- it's turning a the leaf blower on her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. It's cute because she doesn't actually, you don't hear what she says, but you can read her lips and she does the motion where she's like keys to the car. Yes. So she's like the older sibling. She can drive, you know, drive around. And he just is like, yeah, whatever. And then like points the leaf blower at her. And like, she's like, ha, 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 ha. you know, that's funny. Yeah. Really, really Adorable. good. I mean, I mean, to me, the other secondary opening that I love is, is the dinner scene to begin oh. with. It's so, it's so Fantastic. great. And I think I read too, it was like mostly improv. I think oh, I read too, it was like mostly wow. improv. I mean, that goes back to the fact of, of Jake and Maggie being brother and sister. It's really them, com- you know, talking. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if the script said, what did they say? Fuck sack or whatever they Wait, said. Or- no, can we, I, I hate to like go word for word on such an early scene, but this is worth it. <laughs> yeah, okay? it is. It this is. Scene. It starts off with him being like, we used to be working at the yarn barn. Like, yeah. Such right. a fucked up. And then he, and then I think he calls her a fuck ass. Fuck or ass she right. calls him a fuck ass. But then the other one says, you should go suck a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, how does one suck a fuck? Yeah. That is the best dinner. Like, I, I know this movie is meant to be late 80s, but that's to me, that is very like 90s, yeah. almost kind of like Roseanne, like that show. Uh, like a but like a family sitting at a dinner table, and the older siblings just getting into it like that is so fucking hilarious. And you know what? I I so I watched this with my wife, right? And she's never seen it either. <gasps> she's never seen Dang, it. Both of us. And I got to say, it's it's honestly it's hard to get her to laugh at like some movies, even like comedies. The, the moment when like the younger daughter goes, you know, there's a like, bit of a silence because the mom's trying to rope everybody in. Like, okay, yeah, guys, yeah, we don't yeah. talk like that at the dinner table. Donnie kind of quiets down and is like, okay, the escalated pretty quickly there's a moment of silence and then the younger daughter goes mom what's a fuck ass yeah <laughs> like my wife just like started like kind of busting up in her own little way and i was like what's a success yeah yeah it's just it's just like a great if you want to call it a secondary opening a character opening whatever you want to call it of like it, it almost makes you it's crazy to think like they're, what they're saying to each other is like not good it's not appropriate but it almost makes you like them and endear them more 
You they know? actually love each other. They're just being right. They're being little a holes, and but it's like real. They love it's each other. real. It's like yeah. family, you know. And like yeah. I said, I think that really goes back to Maggie and Jake being brothers and sisters. I wouldn't be surprised if they call each other fuck asses and suck a fuck and shit like that, you know? Yeah, you truly get a sense of who the family is, like just in this scene, and it's like an efficient way to do that. And like you said, it just endears you to all the characters, even the mom and the dad. You gotta love like the yeah. way they're not like too authoritarian, but yeah, they're not too casual. It's just, it's great. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Totally. Um, let, let's talk a little bit now about like the characters acting a bit in this. I mean, it's, I mean, it's mostly Jake you want to talk about in this movie. Yeah. It's like crazy. Like I said, for me, never seen this movie before. Like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I've seen him in like a lot of things. I wouldn't say he's, to me, he wasn't like a great actor to me. Um, watching this though, I'm like, holy fuck, like, He's like, I put in my notes, like, I literally put, like, he's he's almost perfect in this movie. Yeah. Like, all he's having to do, almost play dual characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, to, I mean, you know, putting it all out there, he's pretty much a schizophrenic in this movie. Yeah. So, he, he mm-hmm. has right. almost, like, dual personalities, and he has, right. like, different things. And, and just knowing, like, even behind the scenes of, like, he was the one that came up with talking more like a child um in the hypnosis scenes that was his idea to do wow, that i didn't know that it's just like damn damn jake just killed it in this movie uh, do you guys want to talk yeah. a little bit about jake or anybody else in this movie laura i mean i feel like you just stole the show with that i that is the perfect description everyone does a good job there's not i don't think there's a bad actor or actress no. in this movie but yeah jake gyllenhaal this was fantastic and this is one of his first roles i mean he doesn't have a whole lot before this and this is a leading role, and this is before he gets all hot and buff and fuckable. So it's like, this is impressive. You know, he's a good actor in this movie. You yeah. feel for him. You want him to succeed. You know, it's just, oh, God. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, you definitely, you, you can't help but feel for him. It's really interesting the fact that he, so he's like an angsty, like troubled teen, right? Mm-hmm. He's got some um, mental issues that he's trying to cope with. The funny thing is, is he's coming from a family and a household, by all accounts, should be a great environment to grow up in, it seems like, right? So, I think it's a great testament to the fact that he actually has, like, issues he's dealing with, and it's not something that's easily solvable. So, you really kind of side with him. Like, he's really struggling through something. And I feel like anytime he has an outburst, I really felt his rebellion, you know, and... You know, usually I like more balanced characters, and this is the type of character where I usually don't like because I feel like, well, you're kind of getting, you know, getting out of your lane. You're not looking at all the angles, but while he's not really a hundred percent informed in all of the uh, all of his kind of attacks and tirades that he goes on, it really feels appropriate for that stage in your life yeah. in high school where you feel like you're told that you must think a certain way. And he seems to be like the only one that's questioning, you know. And it, the cool thing is, is he also gets like a healthy pushback too from the people around him, like the therapist, the parents, his science teacher. Um, so he, he's not just being written to run over these characters. Like there are a, a lot of other characters in other movies where you watch them and it's like the quiet, very cliche, uh, troubled teenager who's a genius, who has so much potential, but he's just not applying himself. We've seen that a million times. But in this movie, he, he's so balanced, you know, he actually, you do feel like he's troubled and you side with him. And he actually shows that he cares. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's super relatable. Like like me personally, I don't have um, any, you know, mental mental issues or anything like that but i do have family members relatives that do go through a lot of this stuff and that that battle of like do i take my medication do i not do i really like alter who i think i am to correct myself because somebody's telling me to 
it's so heartbreaking. Like I said, like I, I know people personally that, that go through that. And I feel like that is a lot of people. Yeah. And so like there's those couple scenes in the beginning and it's meant to do that in the beginning of set you up of like what he's going through and where he's at mentally. It's just to me, it's like heartbreaking, you know, as, as much as like it makes you care for him, relate to him and feel for him. Sadly, you know, those scenes where he's like yelling at his mom in anger, you would think it would make you not like him calling his mom a bitch and stuff like that. But it's on the heels of him telling his mom, like, well, you you just want me to take my not take my medication or this and that. You want me to be somebody different. And it's just like it's it comes from like a negative place when he's saying it. But, you know, behind the scenes of like, why, you know, yeah. and to me, that's like sad, actually. Oh, this movie is very sad. When he calls her, bitch, she's left the room, right? He, do you guys, did you notice he kind of looks back at the door in yeah. a little bit of regret? He feels like he bad. Feels mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. It's just because you can tell his emotions are misplaced. And that was a really good um, job on uh, on Jake's part to show that because you're like, oh, I, I get it. He's not just being an a-hole. He's just that's his the emotional flux that he's feeling. Yeah, I did yeah, like I the hate- scene after that, though, with the dad when when she tells the dad, <laughs> he calls me a bitch and he's like, you're not a bitch, you're bitching. You're and bitching. I like, yeah, yeah. My God. I was howling at that. I love that. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty, no, uh, pretty funny. Jake, Jake's acting was fantastic. It's I feel like it's all in his eyes. So, you know, you better not look into his eyes. Oh, for sure, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, is that a clue, Laura? <laughs> By Laura's face herself, that was a clue. I, I, it didn't help me, though. I don't know what that means. Oh, okay. All right. I completely forgot we're playing still. I forgot we're supposed to be doing this. Okay. All right. Um, well, you did it when you took a sip of your wine, and it was very uh, mesmerizing. You guys, I'm the worst. Glamour, man. I'm the best actress, but also the worst. The I, worst yeah. I'm a good actress, but I'm bad at lying. So that's funny. This that's is a funny. struggle. I mean, I mean, as far as like any, any more, as far as any more acting goes, like you said, everybody's really solid in this movie. I did want to shout out the, uh, what is it? The religious. I wasn't sure exactly. Is this like, mm. supposed to be like a Catholic school they're in or something like that? Or yeah, like a private. Right? They don't actually say that, but yes, yeah. a given. Yeah. Yeah. So like the main, what do you want to call her then? I don't know. I can't, it's not a private school. The main religious teacher to me, the one that's trying to do well, the she's whole. She's the gym teacher. She's a PE teacher. 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 <laughs> Teacher, <laughs> shut up! Oh my god, take that out! <laughs> oh, the- <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Stay in. It's the end soundbite. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I put it in my notes. Like, what is she the teacher of? She's, she's a like PE a teacher. She's Physical a gym ed. teacher, but also like <laughs> they yeah. never they never once were exercising. <laughs> um, but uh, but I did want to say, Laura, do you do you recognize her? Oh, she's she's been in a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, oh, okay, I recognize her, but I can't. For uh, me, the most obvious one is she's Dwight's uh, date to Michael's and Jan's <laughs> to the dinner party. Fuck yeah. yeah, she was Dwight's babysitter, I think, growing up, and then he brought her as a date. That's what I know her from when I saw her. Oh, I started laughing. My God, that is not what I was thinking because she's been in a ton of other movies, but yes. That's my first thing I thought of. I thought it was, yeah, I mean, she's 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 pretty great in this movie overall. Perfect role like, for her. In this. Yes, yeah, that was the first thing I thought in there. Um, let's see. Uh, let's let's talk about like the directing. We talked about the music a little bit in the beginning. Special effects. I mean, this movie came out in two thousand one. I mean, doing the whole like I don't know what you call those things, phallic time bubbles. You know, I don't know what you want to call them. But <laughs> phallic time bubbles. <laughs> uh, I've them? never heard it called that. And never but that's that. the new name. That is the new name. Yeah, yeah. You know, using those special effects, I thought it looked pretty pretty okay for 2001 you know um the whole the whole scenes where they're doing like the 
you know, Donnie's on one side and Frank's on the other side. And it's like a, like a, like a, it's like an invisible wall between them. I thought was a good effect to use. I was pretty impressed with the special effects myself. Do you guys want to shout out directing music special effects at all? What do you think, Laura? Oh man. I, the thing that I want to call out that is done, it's done a lot in the beginning and a lot in the end is scenes where things are really sped up and then they're really slow. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to normal and then it's slow again. And then it goes back to normal and it's just that pacing it paired with the music. It makes me feel like I am fully submersed in that time. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Yeah. Really good directing. I think I'm, I'm kind of sad that this guy didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, I saw the box and I, Oh, spoiler. I hate that movie. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I really make, hate it that. It didn't movie. make your, it didn't make your box feel the way it did with this movie. It did not make my box feel anything <laughs> the way this movie does. It was a dry cardboard box. Yeah. Didn't get that, that box, was. didn't get that box going. My yeah. box is a Greek goddess. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, is that another clue? Okay. All right. Okay. I got to write these down now. I was like, why does Laura like want salad? What's happening right now? Um, <laughs> you greg do you want to shout out any directing music special effects you want to shout out anything yeah you you guys both called out the music as significant parts of this movie it music is like all of this movie yeah it, it, it seems so perfectly crafted to each scene almost it, it almost felt like a music video at times right with the music playing while the scenes were going in slow-mo they were like walking around and the camera would shift from like one pair to another pair and it would go around I just, I, I, lo- I love the music. It is so great. Of course, and then when uh, Frank comes around, it gets very eerie mm-hmm. and that sets the tone and it's clear. It, there's that, I don't know how that's, that sound is or how they create it. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Oh, it's so good. And it just, it takes you from just kind of like a, a normal level to just like a haunting, creepy level. And I just yeah. love it. So, yeah, I, I will fight tooth and claw that music is, is the best part of this uh, movie. So, I loved it. <laughs> is that a clue, too? I'm not even picking up on these Oh, no, I wasn't even thinking about no, that. Yeah, oh, but, okay. Yeah, but, I don't know. <laughs> Laura, what's going on with you? <laughs> what happened, Laura? <laughs> I lost her with the music. Did you like my? You want me to do that sound effect again? No, you can do it. No, I'm oh, good. Okay. I'm so good. You're good. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. So that's happening right now. Laura's freaking me out. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> um, where are we at here? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I, I did want to ask you guys. Yeah. Before we get to Frank, cause I feel like that's the next thing we do need to talk about, you know, Frank, what do you want to call it? Horrorish elements, scariness with him and stuff like that. I did want to ask you guys one of the biggest discussions in this movie. And I want to get you guys takes the whole, like, does Sir, Smurfette bang the Smurfs talk in this movie? What? <laughs> no. I, I thought it was so funny. And I, I wanted to ask you, yeah, like, what do you think, Laura? Do you think Smurfette is banging all the Smurfs? What? Is this a real question? <laughs> well, I'm asking you. No, you don't think so? You're with Donnie? She doesn't do that? She's not playing those games? Yeah, I'm with Donnie. You're yeah. with Donnie? Oh, uh, okay, all right. What, what about you, Greg? What do you think the blue guys are doing? Donnie's got a good point. They're asexual. You never see their genitalia. So I think they procreate like uh, those asexual worms or whatever where they just, mm. you know, they just split in half and they be- become another Smurf. So they don't, uh, you know, they don't have intercourse. So she's she's clean and she's whatever, you <laughs> she's know. She's clean. Whatever you would call it, like <laughs> celibate. That's the word. Oh, there we go. That sounds yeah. a little bit better. Okay. All right. so I how clean, celibate is clean. That's great. I don't know. That's really great. You sound like that rel- religious lady in this movie, Greg. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like, as opposed to, like, just, like, banging the village. Is, that's yeah. that's mm-hmm. the alternative Damn. scenario. Do you, do you remember any of the Smurfs, Laura? Do you remember them? Some of their names? They're like the yeah. dwarves, right? Uh, dude, I remember there was, like, a grandpa-looking one. Well, that's Papa right? Smurf. Yeah, yeah. Papa yeah. Smurf. Yeah. Good job. I was going to ask you, like, would you want to bang any of the Smurfs? Do you remember any of their names? No, I want to bang Jake Gyllenhaal. Come on, this is not even. What a about question. Jake Gyllenhaal in a in a Papa Roach or a Papa Smurf outfit? <laughs> Roach. Papa Roach outfit. Now we fucking talking, Greg. Now we fucking talking. Papa Smurf. She do it. It's her last resort. Yeah. <laughs> that is like the best joke you've ever told. I love Papa Roach. I used to, oh my god, they were like my my band back in the day. Me Loved too. Them. Oh my god. Yeah. See. I share very similar musical interests to you guys. Trust me. All right. All right okay. Let's move on. And we're talking about Smurfs banging each other. All okay. Right. All right. Let's, uh, let's you talk started about- it. I know. I started it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see what your guys' reaction was. Um, let's see here. Uh, so let's talk about Frank. Frank, uh, the scariness of this movie a bit. Uh, like I said, technically this is considered what, just like a sci-fi thriller. I don't even know if it's considered uh, like in the horror genre. Definitely horror-ish for sure. Horror-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Greg, do you want to talk about uh, Frank? You know, what do you think yeah. about him visually? Oh yeah, yeah. Visually, I think he's terrifying. The first time you see him, it, it's actually after dinner, and Donnie goes to sleep, and he starts to take his pills again because he's been outed that he hasn't been taking his pills. So he does that. He goes to sleep, and he's awoken by this voice. It's very Man. much like the Mothman, right? I, yeah. I I love how haunting this voice is. It, it's just so creepy. It almost sounds like two voices overlaid, one that's deeper, one that's lighter. It's so creepy, and it's like, wake up. I've been watching you. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> scary. <laughs> Come closer. Oh, that's, oh, that's some reverb to that, Greg. That was not right. Oh, my right. God. That was weird. But it's so great. And it, he, so basically, Donnie is beckoned out of bed. So he sleepwalks and he goes out into the street where he sees this grown man, or it looks like, in, in a demented bunny suit. And of course, everybody has seen what it looks like. You can Google what it looks like. It's super creepy. And he essentially guides him to, I guess, like a golf course and away from his house. And he tells him that he's got 28 days, six hours, 42 minutes, I think 12 or 10 seconds. And he says, that is when the world will end. And that just kind of sets off the tone. Of course, this whole movie, starting from the beginning, when he wakes up in the middle of the road, it's just pure mystery. You have no idea what's going on. And now you see a grown, demented bunny. It just leads to more questions, but not in like the best way possible. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. What about you, Laura, as far as Frank goes, visually or anything like that? Visually, it's not a big thing. I I mean, I don't think it's that scary. I mean, I think it's cool. It's not that scary. But it's, like you said, it's the voice. I mean, his voice legit sounds like snakes to me. You know? Just like... (laughs) Snakes? Yeah, snakes. Interesting. Uh, uh, Okay. All right. (laughs) I, I have really... a bone to pick with that analogy, but um, okay. Oh, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too good at this. I still haven't. Even, I like or forgot what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, <laughs> I've already given three clues. <laughs> I've, I've already forgotten three. Um, <laughs> but yet yeah, for me, it definitely it is the voice. The voice is super eerie and creepy. The the visual too is pretty creepy looking. Like the fact that, like, yes, it is a bunny, but it's like more like a human skull looking face mm, and the yeah. teeth are, are all giant and everything like that. And, but yeah, definitely the voice is what really like gives you the willies. I think watching this movie every time he talks, just so eerie, so creepy. Um, yeah. Is there anything other horror stuff in this movie that give you guys the creeps other than him, really? 
Well, I think uh, to me the just the jet engine story mm, is not okay. it's it's partially creepy, but it's just as mysterious as as Frank the Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get to that already because we haven't. That's at the beginning of the movie, and we really haven't gotten to that yet. But I think that's also creepy. It's like how. What is going on here again? That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, I mean, speaking of like the jet engine, like let's just let's talk about the time travel. Let's talk about the time travel. You know, I don't know, Laura, if you want to give a little like. I'm ready. Oh, oh, go for it then. Okay, this movie is about time travel. Exactly. So what happens is, uh, is that I don't even know how to fucking start this, but basically. The book that he reads from Grandma Death explains that every once in a while, time, which is supposed to be stable, becomes unstable, right? And what that does is it corrupts the fourth dimension, okay? So this just so happened to happen at his house. He is the focal point. Um, and what happens is, is every time this fourth dimension gets corrupted, a tangible universe starts. So like something that isn't real. And that in itself is highly unstable and can't last more than a few weeks. And that's all going to fall on itself. Okay. And so, yeah, this, this is time travel, did baby. You read, did you like, read, the, read the book she wrote? Like, <laughs> did you watch the director's cut? No, I watched the standard cut. I did not watch the director's now, cut. You the did first not- time I ever saw this movie, I did not know what the fuck was going on. The director's cut, you need to watch the director's cut. It shows you chapters of this book. That, like explains all of this okay well you didn't you, <laughs> this is craig's movie pick you didn't say watch the director's cut so i didn't know that <laughs> i was just it's just a fun fact so anyway so you have this now tangible universe that starts and you always have an object that starts it and i think the book says it's always like metal or i forget what what the other thing is but metal the the jet engine so that's kind of what starts it so everything from then on is a tangible universe it's not real okay mm-hmm. And basically, he's on this journey from this point on. Everything that's happening is happening in this tangible universe, right? Mm -hmm. And his journey is trying to figure out what's happening and how to make it go back to real life, real universe. And I don't think that you necessarily have to always be sacrificed to get back there. But he realizes that, you know, he's in that room. God, this is so hard to explain, but I feel like I mentally understand it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like he realizes at the end that if he, when he sees that vortex, you see at the end, mm-hmm. you know, like, so the tangible universe is crashing in on itself. He realizes that he is essentially saving the universe because by putting it back in place by putting it back in place. He goes back. Thank you. He goes back into his room. He lets the object fall on him. He dies. Now everyone can move on with what life was before with the small tragedy But one of the things that they say, you know, in this book of time travel is, is that if you're in the tangible universe and it falls in on itself, like through this vortex, if you don't fix it, it could cause a black hole, which essentially like is the end of the world. So he, he essentially at the end, being this very anti-religious person who's afraid to die alone and thinks everything's bullshit, he learns, he figures out by the end of this time period you know what frank's trying to say who frank is and that he can actually can change it he can just put himself be at peace with what's about to happen to him and everyone's going to go back to how it was mm-hmm. and all of that bad shit isn't going to happen and he's going to save the world by doing that 
God, I, I, I hope I did that right. I like it. It's so funny. Like I know I understand it, but trying to put it into words is horrible. Yeah. Do, Laura, do you remember back when this movie was first released? The the website that they had up. Oh my God! Yes. Right. Yes. That was yes. crazy. I remember there was like right when the inter- internet, I don't know why, still felt kind of new in a sense, like in the early 2000s. And I remember there was a website that you could go to. And I remember pouring over that thing. You would go from like one. It also place showed to you another. the book and like the chapters, right? Yeah. Didn't it show you all of that? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. Rob, think of it like, like Final Destination. Like you're escaping what your predestined fate was. So, in the beginning of the movie, it's like exactly what Laura said. The 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 jet engine was supposed to crash into his house, but for whatever reason, instead of hitting his house, it goes through a wormhole and crashes in an alternate dimension. So he has to now, he's been chosen by Frank or by Destiny or whoever knows higher power. He's been not chosen, Frank. not Frank, but he's <laughs> been Greg chosen. Greg and I don't agree on Frank, so. Yeah. <laughs> He's been selected essentially to go to the alternate, I guess, like the the tangent universe, and try to find a way to reset it to to make the jet engine go back into his reality and crash into his home. Because otherwise, time is misplaced, and like like Laura said, like both realities can't exist, you know, more than a couple. I think the book says like over, you know, more than a few weeks in that unstable condition, or they both collapse. And that's why it's like the world will end unless you restore the original timeline. Wow. I, I just know, like, why did nobody tell you about this fucking book? Like, like this book seems like the the solution to figuring out what the hell is going on in this movie. So if anybody's listening, they and they're like me, like, like really dug this movie a lot, but still kind of like, okay, I don't really know if I fully get everything. Yeah, watch the director's cut, find the book, I guess, yeah. you know, online or something like that. Maybe it'll be more uh more easy to understand. But but I do want to ask like a couple of the the questions I had of like, so the whole thing with like the jet engine, uh. Does does that mean that was it the jet engine that was from the mom and the daughter's plane? So at the end in the tangible universe, the one that like starts after all of this goes down, that like not real yeah, universe, yeah. Mm-hmm. their plane enters that vortex that is beginning, like the black hole that's beginning to shut everything down, which kind of makes it full circle. But no, like that is not actually the jet engine that falls into his room. Yeah, like he, he in that other universe, he Frank is sort of leading him through the sequence of events mm-hmm. that causes that uh, the jet engine to re- basically repeat itself. And he's recreating the beginning of the movie in order to like restore it and take it back through the wormhole to hmm. the original reality. Yeah, because being the chosen one for this journey, he's got power, right? So he's able to manifest this at the end. That's why he's sitting up there on that hill and like making that plane go into where the vortex is happening. Right? Yeah, he's got he's got like power. So he so that's the thing. It's like you know you know when he he puts the axe in the the bronze statue's head. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't do that with normal means. So basically, right. he kind of has like these powers. He can see these what did you call them? FTB phallic tube <laughs> bubbles. He can see kind of like the future uh, and where everyone's path is going to be. He has telekinesis. He can see Frank, and he's got you know extra strength so it's almost like he was chosen to be in this alternate universe in order to restore time because he has these powers yeah oh sorry Lord, go for it well no, oh no, no no if you have a question you should ask it i'm just oh. about to fight greg on how i think <laughs> yeah, the role of life can, yeah. can you not fight when i don't even know what's happening r- r- yeah. regularly <laughs> like i don't know what's going on normally you guys want to fight about the stuff i don't understand but uh i wanted to ask you guys like do you think because this is one thing i had do you think this whole movie actually happened 
Or do you think the very end when he's in his bed and he's like laughing before the plane hits him, like this was all in his head, actually? Well, no, it wasn't in his head. The beginning and end technically happened if you look at like real storyline. But that tangible universe did happen. It's like a but, rift in time. But no one is going to know it but him. I mean, because to me, not knowing... Except for deja vu. People have deja vu. Hence, like, the, oh, I'm waving at you. I kind of recognize you, but I don't know why. Well, because there was the whole, like, aftermath of showing every character after he's dead. Like, Patrick Swayze's, like, looking like he's Feels finally like remorseful shit. for being a kitty yeah. peddler and all that shit and that asshole. You know, and everything like that. You know, the, the church lady is probably like, I shouldn't coach this, uh, to me, mediocre dance crew. They actually weren't that great. I don't know. How, I don't <laughs> mediocre, know. <laughs> like eight. <laughs> I don't know how they got on Star Search. I was like, really? Yeah, it's a good song, but uh, their moves, I don't think were that great, you know? Um, but, <laughs> but to me, like not knowing all these things about this book and this and that, like I, I really just watched this movie more about like mental illness yeah. and, and schizophrenia. Oh, yeah. So that's why to me, if, to me, like the ending without knowing all this, without knowing all this stuff to me, like, I took it as the end of this movie is him having a schizophrenic dream, a schizophrenic mm. delusion in his whole mind. And that's why he's laughing at the end because it was just all in his mind. He thinks it's funny. And then, of course, he dies, of course, at the end. That's actually real. Uh, but I, like I said, I don't, I don't know anything about this book or all that stuff. I just know there's multiple movies we reviewed where I feel like Greg has brought up that point where he's like, I don't think any of this was real. Maybe was it audition that Greg, your whole thing was like, oh, I don't man. think any of it was real. No, I do think of, yeah, a lot of it was real. Which is a whole end, debate yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, when it's trying to like merge things and this and that. Yeah. And, and I've never read anything from the director. I don't know if I'm probably wrong. Yeah, he meant for all of this to happen. Mm-hmm. But if sure. you add on, I like your theory, Rob. I, it, and, you know, because like imagine he's getting up every night and leaving the house because he's not on the meds. So the first night that he gets back on them, he actually sleeps in. Yeah. And then that's when the engine hits. It's an interesting theory. No, it definitely, it it plays a part because, okay, maybe he was this chosen person by chance because, you know, these universes aren't, uh, there's like a something unstable happens and he just so happens to be the focal point. But the fact that he is on medication isn't on medication. It almost makes him more susceptible to what's going on. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect yeah. that he's already having these struggles and that he's got whether it's medication in his system or not in his system is making it more susceptible to what's going on. That's true. That's true. Wow. This is crazy. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't know anything about a director's cut. I didn't think about a book. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch the director's cut and hopefully be like, oh, okay. Like yeah. I, I still don't think I'm going to be like you guys. You guys have been watching this movie for 20 years. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to be slightly like, okay, I think I get something now, you know? Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I did want to say, like, as far as, like, Jake Gyllenhaal goes, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about him and his acting. Did you guys uh, hear the who was uh, up for this role uh, other than Jake Gyllenhaal? You heard it, Laura? Who is yeah. it? <laughs> like, the number one person who seems like it was pretty close to being him was Jason Schwartzman. Oh, oh I didn't hear that. <laughs> you didn't realize that one? <laughs> no? No, I heard the other ones. You heard Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn and Marky Mark. And Mark <laughs> Wahlberg. He could have had his own song in this movie if he wanted to, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. No, they, think- they both, I, I think those, with the exception of Vince Vaughn, they're all, they still are all a little bit boyish, but they don't have that brooding look like, no. like Jalen Hall when he's gone mad. Yeah. I mean, Mar- mm-hmm. uh, Marky Mark, you have him in, uh, what's that one movie where he's like a psycho? Fear. In fear. <gasps> like he, no. I don't know. Shut he- up. <laughs> God. 
<laughs> wow. Dude, I'm going to have to pick Fear next year. I love yeah. that movie. I mean, I was saying, like, Marky Mark could pull, like, that that uh, demeanor off. But I did read mm-hmm. the only reason they didn't chose him or choose him is because he was adamant on doing the whole thing with a lisp. And the, <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the director was like, no, like, I don't want that. So, like, that's what they were like, no, sorry, Mark. What a weird, you know, hill to plant your flag on. That's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know what it was. But I definitely can't see any of those guys doing this role. Uh, it probably wouldn't have been as, as successful as this movie was. Um, did you guys want to shout out anything else as far as this movie goes? I mean, I think like we talked about a, a couple of good things or anything else you guys uh, want to shout out, Greg? Uh, not in particular. I think we've yeah. covered a lot of it. I mean, I was chasing my tail a lot of, for many years on the meaning of the movie, <laughs> but um, you know, you watch it over and over again, and you get you get a feel for it. I still think it's unresolved and there's no one clear answer you know there are ideas and there's a little bit of a lore that goes to you know based on the um based on the book um but yeah it's it's definitely interesting. you know interestingly enough i've never seen the director's cut really I, i've did, only seen the theatrical version so yeah. how did how okay, do you figure okay. this out yeah it's the website and just oh. things that you read over the years and people like discussing it yeah you, ex- you experienced this, Craig? Yeah, I've been to the wormhole. I had a, a phallic chestburster come out. And oh, yeah. You're falling. Like look at, phallic look at Rob. You can keep this or cut this. But what I just have to talk about Frank, though, real quick is um, so what I have learned is that in this tangible universe, anyone that dies in the tangible universe actually can come back to Donnie's character and guide him. And so there's two that this really happens to, and that's Frank, (laughs) who is the sister's boyfriend. Oh, I didn't know there was a boyfriend. Hmm. Yes. And then Gretchen. Whereas Gretchen, it's not so obvious. Like she doesn't do, the only thing that she really does by coming back is make him love her and have a reason to want to like protect her and save Hmm. the world and like find God, quote unquote. But for Frank he really makes himself known. I mean, all this guy is, is they have a Halloween party. It's a sister's boyfriend. You see a sign that says like Frank went to get beer. You see a flashback where this guy had been like designing his mask. Like, Oh, I'm going to come as this deranged bunny. And then he is actually the person who hits Gretchen with his car and kills her. And because Donnie has found the gun, he shoots him in the eye. That makes Frank dead. Frank comes back in his bunny outfit and essentially is the sole reason to explain to Donnie what is happening and like what his journey is and what he needs to do to succeed. Yeah. And so that's how I see Frank. But Frank is not like make believe. He's a real person. Yeah. yeah. I I really do like that end twist. I don't know if you call it a twist reveal. I guess would be actually more accurate. The reveal of, of who Frank is. And he was, he's the one driving the car. And when he steps out, the, the clown suit guy is like, Frank, what'd you do? And you're like, wait, what the hell? Frank, mm-hmm. oh shit. And then they show the mask. And you're like, oh wow. Did you guys even notice who that actor was? No. I definitely recognize He's him. from Independence Day. Oh, he's, he's the a, son. He's, he's Randy Quaid's son. Oh, in that movie. shit. That's right. Yeah, it's the only other thing I've ever seen him in. Oh, yeah, right, when, right when I saw him take yeah. his uh, his face off in that movie theater or whatever, I was like, oh, that's who that is. Took his face um, off. Nice. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not a, that's actually not a clue. I haven't done any yet. Um, oh, no, it's not. I'm just like, <laughs> okay. I know. Rob, what are you doing? You're starting to freak me out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this, guys. Oh, um, no, Rob, I'm I, I definitely. you with my snakes. If, if you're going <laughs> to. Okay. <laughs> if you're gonna watch this again, so. Rob, right. definitely look into the lore. Like it, I think it it puts together a lot of the pieces. Like understanding that when you go into this parallel universe, you know you have 
all of these different guides, like the, the lore sets up in, uh, that there's these things called like the living receivers and like the, mm. the dead receivers. And then like the living receiver, like Donnie has to return this thing called an artifact, which is like the jet yeah, engine to that. its original position. There's all this stuff that like it makes sense when you read it and how it plays in the story. So I would like read that or watch the director's cut or watch the director's commentary yeah. and then like rewatch the theatrical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's cool. I did want to ask you guys one last question before we kind of get done with the the review. Here is like, uh, you guys have been watching this movie for so long, and, and you guys, I feel like you both really like it and love it. Um, what do you guys take from this movie? Like, does this have like a meaning that you take away from it? Some movies do, some movies don't. Do either of you guys have like a takeaway you feel watching <sighs> this for so long? Jeez, it's so hard to put into words. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, That's I definitely question. like. I definitely don't because, like, I, I mean, obviously, I don't even know what the hell is happening in this movie, uh, as you could tell. Um, I, I don't know. I was just wondering. Some people, like I said, two people that have been watching it for so long, and, and I think really, really like it. Is there something you take away from it? Well, there's a lot to take away I mean, from yeah. it. I just don't know what you know because it, if you're talking about like a lesson, I, I don't think you're going to get that from this movie. It's it's really just meant to open a lot of doors in your mind, I guess. Like yeah. talking about reality, time travel. Robbie mentioned mental health, um, the idea of sacrifice. Like I always, I think that's a powerful theme in a lot of movies, and for some reason, I find myself gravitating toward movies that have like some type of sacrifice because it's such a powerful storytelling technique also this idea of like destruction as a form of creation is like such an interesting concept they mentioned that a lot they mentioned oh, that yeah. a lot in the movie the destructors mm-hmm. yeah it's like there's just a lot to take and and i think it's it the movie is so rich with material and there are just so many scenes there's a lot to just just watch it and you don't even have to think too hard just watch it and I think you'll feel a lot of different ways. So, yeah. yeah. Laura, do you have anything more? Yeah, I think I think there's just like, you know, I think when we, at least Greg and I probably saw this movie, I mean, we weren't as young as he was. We weren't, I guess, actually, I was in high school. You were probably in high school too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're about his age. It, it is still a coming of age movie about someone who we can probably uh, like understand in our own way. But it's done in such a serious regard that it just makes us feel like seen and heard in a way. Yeah. You know, and, and like our lives, like don't have uh, the world is not in our hands, obviously, but it almost puts it in perspective. Like, Oh shit. Like, what would I do in that situation? And what is, what is happening around me and my life? What does that mean? I don't know. It's just very deep for that age. For that age. Oh. Yeah. 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 Drew Barrymore has that one scene when she's fired and she has that comment of like, like, we're not listening to the kids. Like, we're not. Yeah. I, I, forget, it's, it's, I mean, that's not literally what she said. I'm just kind of like saying that's what she meant. Like, we're not listening to them. We need to guide we're them. We're feeling better. them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and for some reason, I thought like, oh, well, that was like a really, uh, you know, poignant remark for her to make. Probably definitely as like the writer of the movie, he that was supposed to be mean something. So I didn't know if that had anything to do with it. But Rob, it's funny you say that because I actually just today when I was reading like Wikipedia, apparently there's a quote from the director. And when someone read that line of the script, they passed the script back and said, that's what your movie's about. Failing kids and like Mm -hmm. how the adults don't know shit. And it's like, we're failing them. They're having to figure it all out on their own. And I think by failing them, you know, we're turning the kids into the adults that fail their kids. Yes. 
That's true. That's true. Damn. I think this was also the first. Like, Deep. speaking of Drew Barrymore, this might have been the first movie that referenced that cellar door thing. I remember that was a takeaway. Mm. Thinking that was an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that originally came from, but they mentioned that in this movie. And I also remember being terrified. There was that quote that Grandma Death tells Jake Gyllenhaal. She whispers, "Every living creature." on earth dies alone i remember for some reason taking that quote like to heart seriously and being so terrified at that i'm still terrified at that it's like, true like thinking that you're by yourself in the last moments of your existence that's a terrifying thought especially for watching it for the first time as like a teen you know there's this there's it's just, the movie has a lot of content to try to like yeah. digest yeah we can't do it no we can't, <laughs> we can't do it. i i definitely didn't do it and i, I am not going to be able to do it i don't know what's happening you might as well call me bozo the clown um but uh let's <laughs> but uh <laughs> i got one in there you go uh but let's go to our ratings now <laughs> oh, God. let's go to our i shouldn't uh, i shouldn't ask the last bit um let's go to our ratings real fast of this movie uh rotten tomatoes though i just want to shout them out real fast uh definitely very high we talked about it, this movie becomes like on the top 10 of almost every list out there for movies uh, critic score 86 percent audience score 80 percent so very well received uh, i was actually surprised it wasn't in the 90s you know talking about like how high this movie is rated with a lot of people um but let's see where we're gonna be at with this movie I, i'm really interested in where you guys are at because you guys seem to really love this movie and understand it um so let's do one to five let's do uh let's do how many bunnies how many bunnies are you giving this movie they could be real or fake they could be a mask if you want them to be if you want to do a half score uh what do you think laura <laughs> one to five what are you gonna rate this movie well i'm more into snakes but i guess i'll pick bunnies since you're making me you said um, snakes like 50 times we get it okay you're medusa all right okay <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying it. You mentioned it. Snakes. I know because I'm good at this. I I know to bring it up. That's the I only thing you could work your into conversation to snakes though, because you said like five I times. said you couldn't look in my eyes. I said the whole Greek oh. mythology thing. Oh, that's right, Greek salad. Yeah, that's right. Cut yeah. off my head, will you? Okay. There's well, another one. Oh, I you are good. That. You are good at this, Lord. Good. good job. Good job. Wow. All right. Yeah, I am a do so. Okay. Gigs up. Anyway, um, I I'm giving this fucking five bunnies. Five out of five. Wow. My second five ever. Wow. Second ever. It's just this and Scream. The original yep. Scream, right? Wow. I even gave Halloween, which you know how much I, I know. fucking love Halloween. I think I gave it like a four nine. nine I gave it something yeah. like just shy of five. Mm-hmm. Yep. So nice. Fun. Perfect movie for Laura. I love this movie. Yeah. Nice, nice though. Cool, cool. What about you, Greg? One to five. Uh, where are you at? Well, let me just like shout out a couple. Like w- the one negative thing I didn't like, I was a little bit put off by Drew Barrymore's acting at times. I was thrown really? off by that first scene where she was saying "sit next to the boy that was cutest," oh. but then it, <laughs> it bitch, took me forever dude. to realize yeah. she was she's kind of a, an eccentric character. That was weird. Mm-hmm. But you know, everything else in the movie is so great. Like one thing we didn't really talk about is is the humor in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it is like the precise type of humor you need in a horror or horror adjacent movie. Like it has the types of laughs that you want to have. It's it's not goofy. There aren't just jokes per se right but it's more of like moments situations bo- situations mm-hmm. and it, it, the situations are always some type of dark humor ironic situation obviously i love the overzealous pt lady that you called out rob the religious lady um the friendly sibling rivalry between jake and, and maggie of course um what was it uh <laughs> i don't know why i laughed at the scene where they're 
all trying to write on the chalkboard, very Simpsons-esque. Yeah. They made me do it to find out who it is. Jake goes up there and he just writes it very casually and then the teacher puts a question mark next to his name. It's such a subtle laugh for me and like I love those types of laughs in, in horror movies. Yeah. And then of course those self-help tapes. I was busting oh up so like Patrick Swayze turning to the camera. Love. Yeah. And then someone would give like a testimony who would go, fear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like because we all saw those videos when we were in school those cheesy ridiculous videos and i and the thing that i took away from this movie watching it this the last thing here watching it this time around and i never noticed this before is how intricately woven each scene is anytime i'm watching a scene i never noticed before how they're making callbacks to previous scenes and they're setting up call, uh, references for future scenes and I felt like every time I went from scene to scene, it was weaving in both like the social, the emotional, the philosophical, the scientific, and it was hitting me with something new. The PTA scene, but chop in with, uh, you know, Donnie in front of the mirror, seeing um, Frank for the second time. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's such a great balanced movie. Um, I'm going to give this my second five as well. Wow. <gasps> oh, so shit. this is my number two. Uh, Damn. Obviously, it's like, you know, a lot of people, based on what you said, uh, Rob, don't think it's a perfect movie in, in its own right. I do. So, I'm going to give this my uh, second five. Do you, do you, five bunnies. Do you remember, Greg, what your other number five was? What was it? Thing. The thing. Oh, that's right. The thing. The one where Laura, like, flipped the table and, like, lost it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> we right. agree on this, you know? Yeah, there you it's go. Weird. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, ah, man, I'm so, like, torn right now because, like, I feel like... I feel like I don't fully understand the movie then based on how you guys describe this whole time travel thing and how it works. Like, I, re I really dig the movie in general, you know, from my perspective, from my just watching, really going through this movie, really being like, this is about mental illness. This is about mental mm. health. Yeah. I, I really dig it for that. And for me, for my ending, what I thought it meant, you know, being like, oh, this is all in, in Donnie's head. You know, he's having like an episode. I really liked my ending I created in my own time frame, you know, <laughs> and I really dug it in that. The fact that it's wrong, like, you know, it doesn't make it less valid or anything like that, but it just kind of like makes me be like, okay, maybe I need to actually take it down a number then because it's not, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely have to say like, yeah, I have to watch the director's cut. So whatever score I give, I'm probably going to have an amendment maybe down the road just so I fully understand what's happened in this movie. But, but I would definitely say like a four for me. I would say Still a four. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really wow. dig it. I really dig it. Good. Like I said, the, the music, every piece of music, it hits perfectly what it's supposed to do. It makes you feel it. Um, other movies doesn't. This movie, it does actually. Um, and then just Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal yes. is just. It's just, it's crazy watching this movie. I just, I, I, you know, especially thinking like how young he is, one of his first acting gigs and what he's doing in this movie. For me, it's really like, I give this movie like 3.9 Jakes. And then like, there's yeah. like a point one to like everything else because he's just so mind blowing in this movie, how good he is. Uh, yeah. So I would say a four for me. Uh, amendment aside, if I watch a director's cut, understand stuff more, maybe jump it up a bit. But uh, right now it's going to say a four for me right now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Are we revealing our things now? We already know Laura's Medusa. Uh, Have you even given three? <laughs> I've heard one. <laughs> I did one. That's all I did was one. I'm going to say, I'm going to say you're Pennywise. 
you got it, Greg. My one clue you got, and it was like super <laughs> obvious. <laughs> You're like, I'm not clowning around, guys. I, I, what I are you said, said, just call me a bozo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> then I then I literally said bozo the clown. I literally said oh, that yeah. too. I know. I, I knew I had about two sentences before we were about to move on. I'm like, I gotta say something right now. It's about it. You know, I don't. I, I'm trying to think. Greg's ones now. Greg is what? Like, Oh, I, it was so obvious to me. I mean, I, I know I know. I, I'm, I remember Greg saying something about tooth and claws or tooth and nails. Uh, what other ones did he shout out? Laura, maybe you can help me try to guess it then. What, what was the first song of this movie in the intro? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. What is the song called? The Killing Moon by Oh, Killing Echo Moon. Echo and the Lore, Killing Moon, Tooth and Nail. Oh, so you're just a werewolf? There yeah. you go. Ding, ding. That's it. Ding, ding. All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right. So that's whatever. Uh, that's, it was yeah. fun. <laughs> that, that was fun. It was definitely fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah, I wonder if anybody listening got those. Obviously, uh, email us in. Let us know if you got those ones. Conjecturingpod at gmail. Let us know what you guys thought. Um, so that's it for this week's review. Here next week we're doing 2007's Trick or Treat. Woo! This was Laura's pick. Uh, you're gonna see a surprise, Laura, next week. Surprise, Trick or Treat. Surprise! You guys are gonna be real surprised when you watch this movie. I'll tell oh you. really? Oh. Well, because I know that I've seen it and you guys haven't, right? Is there a director's right. cut that I don't know about? I need to watch. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Right. okay, good. Regular Nothing. movie. Okay, good, 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 glad. Uh, yeah, the rest of our schedule you can check out, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Conjecture Pod on both those to see the rest of the month there. Uh, also check out our merch store. Check out our merch store. We got some new stuff there. Actually, I think we're trying to work on, I don't know if it's going to be out yet, a new Halloween design, maybe one or two, Laura, we might try to work on. We're going to try to post up. Laura's face looks like she's not prepared. Sure. Yet. So maybe, maybe closer towards Halloween, guys. Get ready in the next couple of weeks. It'll be out there somewhat. Um, might be, uh, the Crow Man or something like that. Laura's, uh, Greg's in a design. <laughs> pretty sweet i like it um let's see what do we got less uh, lastly please subscribe rate review our podcast whatever platform you're listening to it on and check out the slash and cast podcast network slash and cast dot network uh, so that's it from the gold room tonight uh, this has been the conjecturing this is it guys the first halloween episode how do you guys think we did Are you guys excited hyped i'm hyped Hyped, hyped up. Hyped you're hyped up. up you're hyped up you're ready for for next week and keep this shit rolling i'm committed to sparkle motion I'm ready to go. Oh, Damn. <laughs> Notorious. <laughs> all right. <then. laughs> Wait, I can't believe we didn't sing Mad World at all in this episode. Like, what is happening? I've been singing it for days knowing I was about to watch this movie. Oh, go for it. You want to go acapella? So is my husband. He's been singing it, too. We've just been singing it all day. Nice. We, like, sing it to our cat. We're like, all around me are familiar <laughs> Murphys. You know, that's my cat's name. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet he loves oh, it. Yeah, I bet your cat loves that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Loves uh, it. That's funny. Cat world. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's end it like, there. Happy birthday. <laughs> God. You guys have definitely watched this movie too many times. <laughs> and I find it kind of funny. Find it kind of sad. Dreams I'm with, I'm dying are the best, best of it. There you go. All right. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, I've been robbed. <laughs> just keep going here. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and Laura Gyllenhaal. God. And uh, Greg the Werewolf. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Until next time, uh, remember horror subjective so conjecture away. See ya. Surprise! <laughs> Bye.
daily races going nowhere going nowhere their tears are filling up their glasses no expression no expression hide my head i want to drown my sorrow no tomorrow no tomorrow and i find it kind of funny i find it kind of sad the dreams in which i'm dying are the best i've ever had i find it hard to tell you i find it hard to take when people run in circles it's a very very